Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. When I first met uh, my teacher, I was sort of stunned by the information that I was getting and by his nature, by the way he was. And in looking at things in the way that I was looking at them, after I met him, it struck me that I was becoming uh, more serious than I had been. So within a week or so of meeting him, I asked him, on this path, do you lose your sense of humor? And he laughed. And he looked at me. And he said, uh, I don't know. I look and I see some things that are pretty funny. And he began to recite my life. And then I understood that it was pretty funny when looked at by way of reality. Now, what we do before we enter wisdom is we look at our lives by way of the intellect. We look at our lives by way of the world and we measure it by way of the world. If we measure things by way of the world, then we are measuring things by a certain standard, the worldly standard. And in measuring things in this worldly standard, we are trapped into using our intellect. And our intellect comes to certain conclusions. Now, in the period of time that we're trapped, as far as our cognitive ability, in our intellect, we can only see things and experience things in the way that the intellect sees things and experiences things. If we're going to go beyond that, there has to be some kind of change. Now, this is sometimes called judgment or discernment, and this is the change that comes about where you begin to understand that your intellect has a very narrow perspective on things and can only see things in a limited way. There's a word from Christianity called epiphany. And epiphany has a few meanings, but one of the meanings of epiphany is a sudden burst of understanding 
of the essential nature of things or a sudden burst of understanding of the godliness within things or a certain burst of understanding about the reality of the essence of existence. We all have to go through an epiphany. If we haven't gone through an epiphany, we have to pray for an epiphany. But our striving, our yearning, our desires have to be that we break through the intellectual way of seeing things and that we see things in a more spiritual slash reality, real way. Now, this world has been given by Allah, holy men, katubs, valis, friends of God, and many spiritual texts. Each of these are instruction manuals on how we can become who we really are. And we have to use these instructions to do this until we get to the point where we are wise and are driven by wisdom. One of the words for the law in Islam is shariat. Now, a lot of the shariat, the law, is imposed in a way that's not relevant to epiphany, but relevant to social custom. But if you look truly at the shariat and look truly at its impact and its import, it will guide you through the use and through being in this physical body until wisdom dawns and you can be guided by wisdom. Until the epiphany comes where guidance is no longer by the intellect, but guidance is by wisdom. Now, the longer that we stay under the control of the intellect, the more difficult it is for us to leave the confines of the intellect because we have become addicted to and comfortable with the intellectual ways of looking at things. And unless we break those habits, we cannot go into a new mode of existence, a new mode 
of operation. So we have to be very careful about understanding what's right and wrong. We have to be very careful about our interpersonal relationships with other people. We have to be very careful about the food that we eat and that we don't eat. We have to be careful about the way we dress and the way we wash ourselves. We have to be very careful about the places we go and the places we don't go. We have to be very careful about our personal behavior. And we need to follow the guidelines that are given to us by the examples of the Ketubs, the holy men, the Valis, the friends of Allah, and the prophets. And we have to follow their examples of external behavior. As our external behavior becomes more and more appropriate, then the mechanism within us to break through the intellect's control of ourselves begins to occur. And then we realize that the intellect is a tool for our use, not a control over our being. The intellect is what we use to accomplish things within the realm of the world, but not the entity that decides for us who we are and what our nature is. And once we can develop that relationship with the intellect, then the room exists for an epiphany to occur, for a turning from that control to occur. And then change can begin. The problem that most people have is that the intellect tells them that the intellect is a conscience and that the intellect understands the rules of reality. And the intellect is not your conscience. Your conscience is beyond your intellect. Your conscience is in the realm of wisdom. And when wisdom dawns, that's when you begin to act much more automatically in an appropriate way. You don't lose your temper because people of wisdom don't need to lose their temper. You don't overreact to things because people of wisdom don't need to overreact to things. When people approach you in an inappropriate way, you understand that they have a problem and you don't have to exasperate their problem by doing something inappropriate back to them. When you develop a conscience, you no longer need to bother other people and you are no longer bothered by them. You see yourself 
as a helpmate in this world, as someone who gives in order to make life easier for others, not one who is in a combative state to gain an upper hand in this existence. You begin to understand that an upper hand in the world doesn't mean anything. And that all the time you spend chasing to obtain that upper hand is time that could have been spent trying to break through the intellect that you were running backwards instead of forwards. And that's why, from the perspective of a wise man, the lives, the way they are spent in this world, can be pretty funny. And we need to be able to look at our lives and see what we do that's funny. Now, we don't need to get involved in extreme criticism. We need to be able to smile at this existence and all of the wrong-headedness that goes on within this existence. And from that smile, we can begin to laugh, and then we can begin to do what's appropriate. It's incredibly important to get through that phase without harming ourselves. It's incredibly important to get through that phase without punishing ourselves and not punishing or harming the ones around us. We can't blame others for the fact that we've stayed in that phase for so long. We can't blame others for the fact that we haven't moved. But what we can do is thank God for the fact that we've realized that we aren't moving. Before you can turn around, you have to stop going in the direction you're going. So we need to understand the nature of the direction we're going. And if the direction we're going is the inappropriate direction, we need to stop and turn around. Now, stopping is not such an easy thing sometimes because of the built-up momentum that has come to us over the years of doing something in the same way over and over. It's called habit. Imagine a freight train going west and then all of a sudden the engineer gets directions that they've got to go in the opposite direction, which is east. And he has to stop the freight train. And imagine if the freight train has a hundred cars. Well, you can't stop that freight train in a matter of seconds. And you can't stop that freight train with an attempt to immediately slam on the brakes. It's got to be done in a slow process. And there's a lot of screeching uh, of wheels and, and, and sparks flying until that 
place where the where where you can begin to go in the other direction happens. Now, if we're afraid of screeching wheels and the flying of sparks, we're going to be afraid to turn around. So, we have to understand that the nature of breaking an addiction takes courage. That the nature of turning in a new direction takes courage. And one of the reasons that it takes courage is we have to admit that we were wrong. And arrogance hates to admit that it's wrong. And arrogance is one of the reasons that we've been continuing to go on this path in the inappropriate direction that it's been going because we think we know. And after years and years and years of thinking you know to all of a sudden go, well, maybe I don't know. That's a shock to the system. And the system often will reject this interjection, this thought, and react against it in a very, very harsh way. It'll blame the scriptures. It'll blame the prophets. It'll blame the friends of God. It'll blame the ketubs. It'll blame anybody and everybody that's involved in trying to get you to change. If you've ever watched... Uh, an intervention. Uh, you see what happens. The person's first reaction is to lash out at everybody to try, who's trying to help them to turn around. Well, if we're trying on ourselves to help ourselves turn around, there's also this lashing out. All of the nefs, the lower portions of ourselves, together, simultaneously, in chorus, in unison, in unity, will join to lash out against us and tell us how right we were before we had this new thought, or this new idea, or this new discernment or this new judgment, or this epiphany. But we have to garner the strength to move on that epiphany. We have to garner the strength to release and surrender to that epiphany. We have to get higher than our intellect and push our intellect below us and make the intellect understand that it is not our master, but our servant. And if it refuses to take the position of a servant, then we've got to fight. And this is the jihad. Surrender is a jihad. Surrendering to the epiphany is jihad. If you can surrender easily and quickly, praise God, praise Allah that it's been made easy for you. Because one of the things that we always ask is take us on the straight path and make it easy for us. And and what does that mean, make it easy for us? It means 
make our surrender possible. Control all of the elemental portions of our being that are constantly trying to overwhelm us so that we turn from the truth and turn towards the world. Do that for us. Make it possible for us. Take us on the path that understands that. And what is it that changes about us? Well, externally, people may not see any difference in you. But you'll know that your level of sincerity is different. Your level of trust in God is different. Your level of trust in the world is different. The state of your needs and desires has diminished. Your contentment is different. Your peace is different. You, God bless you. You are more and more capable of dealing with the daily world because you begin to understand the nature of existence and where it is going to because it's going to the same place for each of us. And either we're on the train going to it or we're on the train trying to avoid it. I was giving a talk in a Unitarian church and a lady stood up and said, do we really have to talk about death and things like that? It's so uncomfortable, and it's so uneasy. And I told her that uh, she could do whatever she wanted, uh, because we uh, have freedom of expression in this country. But you either take the position that you're going to face the way the world is, or are you going to deny the way the world is? You're going to deny the truth, or are you going to accept the truth and surrender to the truth? So, we need to understand that the truth is not in the intellect. And if we live a world in the intellect, we're going to be living a world that is floating on the ocean of illusion, the ocean of Maya, for all of our existence. And if we want to come to the shore of that ocean, we are then going to have to begin to understand a new way of reacting to things. You can't do the same things in the water that you do on the shore. And we need to get to the shore. We need to get to the dry land. We need to stop being rocked in the ocean of Maya. We need to get steady in reality. And we need to beckon our Lord to take us to that place. The act alone of praying to Allah to relieve us of the temptation of illusion, 
to relieve us of the temptations of the world, to relieve us of the needs of the world, means that we have come to the point that we've recognized the inferiority of this mode of thinking and the inferiority of this way of being and the fact that a need needs to a need to change has got to come we can sense it so we have to then put it in motion and we put it in motion through prayer <clears throat> this is when prayer no longer asks for things but asks for change when it no longer asks for possessions but it asks for consciousness and asking for consciousness means asking for god because consciousness is your pathway to allah and through consciousness we can attain allah and there is no other way we can't attain allah because we're the richest person in the world we can't attain allah because we can get in a rocket ship and go straight up to heaven we can't attain allah because we build the tower of babel to get to heaven we can't attain allah by going east west south north up down we attain allah by attaining godly consciousness and when we attain godly consciousness we lose our worldly consciousness and we begin to see things in an entirely different way this is the true work of a human being this is the true work of man and woman this is the work we've been put here to do the unification with the truth do you recognize god inside yourself do you recognize god inside of anybody else do you understand that some people know more than you do as far as consciousness or they've reached other stations if you've never seen anybody with real consciousness or you've never recognized anybody with real consciousness that means that your arrogance is such that your consciousness assumes that it is the penultimate in what consciousness can be and ask yourself the question is my consciousness the penultimate in what consciousness can be or is there the possibility that there might be understandings deeper more profound more essential than the ones i carry now if you conclude that there are understandings that are deeper and more profound than the ones we carry now then pray that allah show them to us pray that allah open them up to us pray that allah allow us to be embraced by them may allah make it so assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh